Trying to decide whether that new game is worth your $60? Or maybe you're just wondering if an old game is worth your time. Well, you came to the right place. This is the only podcast that tries to answer the question. Should I buy it, though? Hey, everyone. Welcome back to Should I Buy It, Though? I'm your friendly neighborhood podcast guy. And I'm Thwip, 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 Thwip. We are Thwip, 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 Thwip. And in case you couldn't tell uh, by that, this week we are talking about one of my very anticipated games of this year. I kind of forgot it was coming this year, though, so it was like... Yeah, I mean, it's there's been so many like games and we've been busy with stuff. I'm like, oh yeah, Spider-Man's a thing that's happening. Yeah. So we're we're talking about Spider Man Two. It's been out for what, like a like a month and a half ish now. Yeah, yeah, just about. Yeah, um, and uh, both of us have planted it, so we've yep. we've seen all the game has to offer, and we're ready to uh, to discuss. So I guess for anyone who's not familiar, this is the the follow up to Marvel Spider Man from 2018. Uh, it is still a PlayStation exclusive, so uh, I'm sorry to my PC. I'm more sorry to my to my Xbox boys because the, the PC will get it eventually, most likely. <laughs> um, but yeah, it's a it's another entry from Insomniac as they seem to be kind of establishing themselves and building up to Wolverine and potentially a Spider-Man three, which we'll talk about. But uh, today's going to be pretty spoiler free. Unless we let you know that it's not. So, <laughs> um, so let's start, I guess, just with uh, with history. Um, Nick, how did you like the original Spider-Man? Loved it. Loved, loved everything about it. Gameplay, story, voice acting in particular was awesome. Music. Yeah. Um, I had a blast. It's uh, For me, the first game was like top three Spider-Man games for me. I think they did a great job. I, I mean... I don't think I had too many like critiques for it. Maybe like a couple of the boss fights were like so so. Mm. Um, maybe combat got like a little tiny bit repetitive after a while. But other than that, like the no, the first game was awesome. I loved it. Yeah, I I kind of felt the same with it. Um, that that game was actually one of the ones that like reignited my like I, when I started playing games again because I kind of didn't for a long time around when, when I entered college. Um, I say a long time, probably like a period of like, a, you know, a year or two. Um, but that one I remember cause I didn't have a PlayStation. So Nick Benetatos bought it for me to play on his PlayStation. No. <laughs> <laughs> um, and for, for those of you at home who may not know Nick Benetatos as well, Nick kind of hates superhero anything. <laughs> and I just remember him getting so into it. Um, he would take the controller and just clear out the, um, the kingpin forts. <laughs> uh, so that was, that was our little, our little bonding activity. Oh, I remember um, I went over cause I hadn't gotten the game yet. I think you yeah, got it a few yeah. days before me and I was like itching to play it. And I'm like, can I just swing? Can I just yeah. hold it and swing? And you're like, yes, but don't go to any of the missions. Don't go to the side quests. Like, I, just I remember swing. that now. <laughs> yeah. Anyway. So, um, I, I agree. I think it was a, it was a great time. I enjoyed the game. Um, story wise, like surprisingly great story again i have a soft spot for spider-man we both do yeah. i believe so 
Um, I, I love Spider-Man or anything, but um, story-wise, like I was like, oh, wow, this hit a lot harder than I thought. Um, and then we talked about uh, Miles Morales on here, which I thought was a great, well-made game, but definitely felt like DLC. It was, a, you yeah. know. But anyways, I've enjoyed all of it so far, and I think... To jump straight into gameplay, I guess, because I remember, uh, well, you just said that um, in the first game, you know, combat maybe gets a little bit repetitive. And so I think that's kind of the nature of of this game. Um, how did you feel the gameplay felt now that we've had two mainline entries in the series and we're coming back to it again? They have added new features. They've kind of changed up the way a couple of things work, but it's still very familiar. How yeah. was that for you? Well, obviously, since the first game came out, Miles Morales was was there. So we've played that game since then. And I thought while playing Miles, I don't remember if I said this in that review, but the, the gameplay did feel better in that one. I kind of liked yeah. controlling Miles a little bit more. He had more powers that, that were fun, and it just combat felt a little... Uh, smoother and more fun to play and then since then i replayed the first game but it was like the hd version that came yeah, with yeah. the the dlc um and i kind of still felt the same way about that combat it didn't really like change anything even though it was like an updated version but it was fun playing through like more of the game with the dlc but in this one um you play as both characters you get mm. to be peter and miles and that came with two unique um, upgrade paths, two unique move sets. And yeah. um, I loved that. I thought that was a great elevation of the combat of the first game, which is really just Arkham combat, but like buffed up a little bit more. And there's oh. more to it <laughs> with gadgets and everything and more like zipping around as Spider-Man. So um, I know I thought it was a really big improvement and I liked learning the different play styles depending on the character you are, depending where you are in the story with the characters mm -hmm. too. Some things could change. So you are always like evolving and getting new stuff, which is awesome. Um, yeah. Improvement in every way. I still felt as though maybe not repetitive this time around, but I felt like maybe I should have bumped up the difficulty because after a while combat became a little trivial and i yeah. was smoking like a couple of bosses that i'm like oh i wish i spent longer in that fight or i wish i spent longer in certain encounters but other than that it was a great improvement yeah um i agree i think there were a lot of minor tweaks in this game reminiscent to kind of i remember when we we're talking about the gameplay of last of us 2 where it was like it is very much the same game but things have been refined I or God think, of War, too. Yeah, yeah, same for God of War, too. Like, I, you know, same thing goes here. And, like, for example, one of the, the smallest tweaks, but that I think makes one of the biggest differences is in the first Spider-Man game, you have all these spider gadgets on a wheel, and you kind of have to, like, enter, like, a weapon selection mode to switch between them. In this one, they're just different button combos. And um, I think that that made a huge difference because I remember in the first Spider-Man, I would like kind of rarely switch gadgets unless I was like, okay, I'm clearing this like stealth area and I really got to get creative and I had to, I would never like just for fun switch them around because it had that like extra step that impedance to using different uh, web shooter gadgets. Now that they're all just different combos holding the left bumper, it was like I was busting them all out like back to back to back to back. Yeah. 
When, if you do normal difficulty, you really don't need anything other than like the impact web to yeah, yeah. <laughs> splat them against the wall instantly. But if you played, because I think you needed to do this to get the platinum trophy in the first game. I played ultimate difficulty and I kind of needed a lot of those other gadgets just to like survive sometimes. So yeah. that's where I got to use it. But otherwise, you're right. Like I didn't even like look at some of those. Yeah, fair. And I actually, I, I totally uh, kind of agree with you on on the combat front. I liked it. And like, I think sometimes depending on who you are and how you like to play, sometimes having the power trip where you can just smoke through enemies is very fun, especially yeah. as you reach the end. And I think the game does a good job of uh, kind of slowly, as you progress through the story, introducing like tougher either enemy variants or then boss fights that are like layered you know to to make sure there's still a challenge um but for example and this is not a a spoiler i I don't know if it's in the trailer but like it's there from the get-go of the game craven is like the big villain who is present throughout the story in this game uh and he kind of takes kingpin's place in this game where it's like instead of clearing out the um whatever they were for kingpins like henchmen now you have the bluffs and the whatever and like his henchmen are in the streets and all of that um and much like in the first game i kind of like when you're really enjoying it you're like oh yeah cool i'm gonna go beat these guys up just because it'll be fun but i do kind of tire of the amount of the hunters that just come out and like it's not that the gameplay's bad it's just like I think you maybe variety is the word. Yeah, yeah. I, I think I think you need a little more variety, which they actually do end up in without spoiling anything. They do introduce later on, and it was exactly what it needed. But for the main portion of the game, you're just fighting the same dudes, and every time I see the dude dual wielding the two scimitars, and I know that I'm not going to be able to get any hits on him unless I have you know I parry or whatever. I'm like, oh god, come on! Like I just want to wrap yeah. this up. I feel that way about side quests too, and not just this game, but the last one where I'm like, eh. Like, there is variety like there's different things but also at the same time there's not you're doing the same thing over and over again like within mm-hmm. each different set of like side quests some were interesting some were just like yeah, i'll put on a podcast in the background yeah yeah and i wish i was a little more engaged with all of them but it's fine like they're fun like you, i can't complain too much you know that yeah that actually brings up i was talking to one of my friends who is also a big spider-man guy who uh was playing through the game and i was saying that early on um my enjoyment of the game especially because i love the first one and i'm always very wary when i like something and they make more of it i'm like i hope I hope there's a reason you're making more of it like i'll put to bed i feel like there there was a reason there's an adequate reason But this game has a ton more side content, at least it feels like to me than the first game, especially since you have both Spider-Man and some of the stuff. I like that, you know, it's unique to each one. I like that they give each one their place in the story. That said, um, I'm the kind of player who like when I unlock a certain kind of side quest, I will probably not play the next main story mission until I've done everything else that I can do. And then I'll go on to the story mission and that actually really diminished my enjoyment of the game in the first couple of hours. Uh-huh. Um, so, like, certain side quests are really well done. Um, I still love, for example, the photography side quests. I know it's, like, super simple and you're kind of just going around. But I think because it's so, like, in and out, I enjoy it. But, like... Yeah, to me, what they need to do more of is the side quests with the, the cultists, that yeah. faction. Because I felt like that mattered a little bit more every time you went to go do it it was like oh 
what's going to happen next versus, um, you know, in the first game they had the research stations and in this one they kind of bring back a different version of like research stations. And I'm like, this is cute. This is fun. But I don't know. It wasn't enough for me. I I want more like Arkham City side quests where everything seems to matter. Yeah, yeah, because the the cultist side quest, without, again, without spoiling anything, does kind of build up a narrative in the background. Right. Uh, which is which is really nice. And they will also occasionally add variety to, like, the random crimes that you encounter on the street. Right. So it's a cool way of doing that. I totally agree with you. I think the research stations would at times feel a little tedious, even though there really weren't that many of them. And I think the Prowler stashes, without, like, spoiling anything, you know, Miles... In his game, you know, you have the whole thing with his uncle being the Prowler. In this game, you are discovering stashes that his uncle had when when he was the Prowler. It's just a collectathon, kind of like the backpacks, um, but with a little bit of puzzle solving. And I don't know why those just did. Oh, not those do were lame. For me. No, those didn't do it for me. Yeah, either. the the puzzles were like just kind of fine. Like it was the same thing many many times, and the narrative never like there wasn't uh, a cap like it wasn't like oh every five or ten stashes you get like a little cutscene. it was just like until the end and then it was like oh yeah like i i would like even if it's not a big thing if it's like as you progress you're you're seeing a little bit more of some sort of narrative i think it would make them feel more important or the rewards are a little more worth it i think in the first game they had like the backpacks or the suits yeah but the the backpacks that you collect and in each backpack you had like little easter eggs or nods to like other spider-man things it doesn't need to be that it could be like a little bit more like the black cat side mission in the first game i I love that that was like a mystery it's like oh like where where is she how are we gonna find her oh that's that was super cool but this one just kind of felt like nothing with some of them agreed and i think they kind of try to replace the backpacks in this game with spider bots uh, which is like a nod to like, you know, all the like multiversal Spider-Man. And there's a little bit of a payoff at the end, but like it, you know, it's it's fun to look at the collection and be like, oh, that's a cute one. Like I, they put thought into the designs, but yeah, it's not enough of an Easter egg like you would get with the backpacks. It felt like it fell just a little bit short of that yeah. and made it feel slightly more tedious. Um, that said... I think traversal is still top notch in this game and kind of makes that tedium go away. Like if this were, I don't know if this were Wolverine and you're just running around the Canadian wilderness, trying Mm -hmm. to capture the spider bots, I think I would have blown my brains out, but because it's fun to flip around and glide and all of that, I I think it makes up for it. How'd you like it? So there's a couple new additions in again to traversal in this game. The biggest one being like the web wings and all of that. How, how'd you find those? It was great. Again, kind of like combat. I think it just improved from the first game in a lot of ways. The gliding around and like switching that into swinging and then back to gliding was a ton of fun. Mm-hmm. Um, the boosters that are put around the city for you to glide through and get some momentum was was a really great idea. Yeah. Um, the ability to like launch yourself is great. Mm-hmm. Um, mm-hmm. I don't think that was in the first game. I think that that was a new addition, right? But I think you you were able to do it at like one or two specific spots, but I might yeah. be misremembering. But this one, they they had like specific locations to do it, and you could just do it like whenever you want. If there's like two buildings next to you, yeah. you could you could zip um from those, and then um 
I don't, is there any, oh yeah, the, the ability to like launch yourself higher a little bit and dash forward. There was just a lot more um, options and it made it, yeah, more fun. If you could believe it, more fun to, to swing around. I loved it. And I liked the skill trees involved with traversal too, made it more fun. So good improvements for sure. Yeah. Uh, I mean, again, I feel like we're totally agreed on, on those aspects. Um, it's, it's just a nice bump up. It's not like game changing by any means. Um, and even at first, like the web wings introduction, I was kind of like, I don't know if I want this cause I like swinging. Uh, but as you unlock more of that skill tree, which admittedly I left for the very end, all of the traversal stuff, um, the, the versatility of like switching between the two of them becomes pretty fun. Uh, and being able to like loop around on the web to gain a little extra momentum is, is pretty fun. Mm. Um, I think that kind of hits, you know, most of the, like the mechanical gameplay changes. Um, my next big question being, how'd you find the story? Because one of the things the first game did, what, like in, I was kind of shocked that in the first game you fight the sinister six. Yeah. Uh, it does kind of come out of nowhere, but like, because the Spider-Man's established, like it, it works well. Um, this game follows in the pattern again of the first one of like, just cramming the game full of Spider-Man villains and characters. And like, I really enjoyed, uh, one, just getting to see everyone, but two kind of narratively where they went with it and the tone they tried to strike with like, you know, Spider-Man, like many other heroes, doesn't kill, right? Like it's it's one of his big tenets. But also like one of the big things that we see in Spider-Man is the belief in like second chances and rehabilitation and like all of this. That if we want to look over at the movies, for example, like the movies haven't always done a great job of, of accomplishing for the sake of drama. And so then we get kind of like No Way Home where it's like it really tried to center that. And I feel like this game also kind of centered that with the villains, both villains that we've seen from the past and villains that we didn't see in the games, but that have an established history in the world. Um, and I really enjoyed that aspect of it. I, I don't know how you felt about it, Nick. I love that these Insomniac Spider-Man games, like it takes a lot of familiar stuff that we know about Spider-Man and yet it makes it its own thing. Um, super cool. Like a lot of choices they make with who, who is the villain and, um, how certain things happen because again, it's in the trailer. We know the symbiote is in it, right? Yeah. Venom and, you know, Peter Parker gets the black suit at one point that story has been told, right? Um, but they make it different and they make it their own thing. And I think they do a really, really good job with that. I love the story of the first game. I think it it did pretty much everything right. The The critique that I have about this game with the story is that I don't think... I mean, it was just more good stuff. I don't think it, it elevated in any way from the first game. Not that it has to, because good is good, right? Mm-hmm. Um, but by the time I was done with it, I felt like, oh, that's it. I was expecting a little bit more from it. Maybe they're building up to a, a a third game, like with a with a banger finale. There was there was moments for sure that that hit hard for me in a couple boss fights. I'm like, oh man, this is great stuff. Um, yeah. When Peter first gets the symbiote, I'm not going to go into it more than that. Mm-hmm. But that scene really, I thought yeah, was, was yeah. very very well done. Um, all that stuff, um, you know, connection with Miles and characters that he interacted with in the past. 
the dynamic, the relationship between the two of them was very well done. But I couldn't help but feel that certain things were rushed or not delved into farther. Maybe I wanted a longer game is my biggest criticism, mm-hmm. not necessarily changes in the story, but it felt like, okay, we're getting somewhere, getting somewhere. And then, oh, that's it. Like, that's all they have to say about that. I, it's not a big issue. Like, again, I liked it overall, but it, having been done with the game now for close to a month, because I beat mm-hmm. it pretty quickly, I, I can't help but think, ah, I kind of wanted more from it or it didn't, excite me in the way that the first game did when it first came out um yeah that, that's kind of all i have to say about it sure. for now yeah. yeah 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 um the narrative for me let's let's see i i feel like i don't disagree with you i, f- I feel like we we share points of views and perhaps just like my reception of it is slightly different in that like i don't know if i would have wanted a a much longer game. I'd like if they could have filled it meaningfully, I would have taken a longer game. I feel like the length of it felt good. It felt solid. Um, I agree that like, I, I love the way that they managed to tread familiar ground, but make it so unique to them and still manage to surprise you um, to the point where like stuff that I was pretty sure was going to happen and did happen. I then at some point along the way started to doubt if it would happen. Right. And then we kind of come back around and I was like, okay, cool. That was a really fun way of doing that. Um, I think ultimately where their narrative, I don't know if I want to say lets me down, but doesn't elevate uh, or, you know, doesn't surpass the first game is that the first game really comes in like, it hits you with several gut punches, like back to back to back. Yeah. And it took big swings too. Yeah. With some of those moments. Yeah. And and it is um how do I put this uh uh without spoiling anything? Like basically the first game really deals with the unfortunate truth of Peter Parker, which is that like he dude can never be happy. Yeah. Dude is always <laughs> sacrificing everything all the time. Um and so the the first game really gut punches you with a lot of that stuff, which is sorry, uh my my friendly neighborhood Spider-Man app went off. <laughs> Um, but yeah, it, it really gut punches you with, with a lot of that stuff. And so it has a lot of emotional heft because it does for Peter. So it does for you as the player as well. Um, this game kind of lacks that I feel, uh, but it, the reason it lacks it is like, I'm, I'm not even, I'm not mad at it, but, but I, I also kind of am in the sense of like, this is a game about, consequences i think is the best way i I can i can put it and like the price that we pay you know to do the right thing or the price that we pay for like carry you know harboring uh negative feelings or vengeance or revenge like whatever like those are the the themes in this game and so ultimately the way the story wraps up i think just is i i can't see a way where it would have hit as hard as the previous one without kind of just treading the same ground. You know what I mean? Yeah, that's fair. That's definitely fair. But at the same time, I think because I agree with you on like the themes of the game and what it's about, then the ending kind of felt like a cop out in a way, unless, and I think they are, unless we build to something in the third game that kind of makes up for that. And I think they will. I I think what it is, because um, I don't know if I agree that it that it feels like a cop out, but 
Uh, I'm actually like pretty happy with where it ends. But again, I wanted something a, a little juicier, though, like at some point. Um, but I think this is very much a trans or not a transitioner. It's it's very complex to try and talk about because this game is is complete. It has a lot in it. But in terms of the grand scope of the story that I guess Insomniac is telling, I feel like this is a transitionary game. Yeah. Um, and I, I believe that the writers have have said that uh, this is the equivalent of their civil war. And so they would like to produce one more game to be the end cap. Yeah. Um, and, and I think they, they kind of set that up nicely. So, yeah, I, I agree with you. I, I feel like from also from conversations I've had with you before we recorded this, I think I am more pleased with the game as a whole, uh, but it does not surpass the, the first game. Um, that said the actual, the lead up to the end, not the, not the end of the game itself, but like as the story is culminating and, and we reach the climax, I think it, that does hit a fair bit harder than the first game. Um, I really like where it goes. It the really stakes were the high stakes. for sure. Yeah. Yeah. And having done all the side quests, I reached a point where I had nothing to do but main mission, main mission, main mission, main mission. And that pace was like relentless in, in a really, in a really nice way, <laughs> even though the game at times, uh, like I would finish a big story mission and it would be like, all right. Time to check in on the city. And I'm like, dog, there's nothing left to do. <laughs> Come on. <laughs> um, but yeah, I I really like where they where they took uh I guess the the meat of the story. You know, we can kind of go back and forth on, on the ending, but how without spoiling, how did you like kind of the the twist? Because there's there's a point in the game where everything picks up and uh it, it just rushes you through to the end how how'd that land for you it does rush you through to the end i yeah. think that's a complaint that i have when uh i guess i don't even know if you want to call it the middle of the game or i think it's a little past the middle like the last act probably yeah where you know stuff is happening stuff is happening <laughs> and i'm like i still get that feeling of like cool 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 and then oh that's it it just didn't feel as satisfying as i had hoped maybe um i don't know certain characters were kind of left wanting when when all was said and done certain villains i felt like oh okay well that just kind of wrapped up in a neat little bow um but character relationships by the ending I think I was mostly satisfied with, you know, with like, again, the relationship between Peter and Miles or Peter and Harry and Mary Jane and all of them. I think a lot of the the dialogue that they put in there between them throughout the game left me happy and, and still like caring about those characters by the end of it. But I think major plot decisions and quick entrances and exits of sure, certain sure. characters kind of left me wanting more. Which maybe Fair. is a good thing. I don't know. Yeah. I, I think we've tread as much ground as we can narratively without going into the spoiler zone. So yeah. I guess my, my last spoiler-free question as far as the narrative goes is the the first game ends with a post-credit scene that got everyone very excited. You see yeah. the symbiote in the tank. You see Harry in the tank. Do you feel like this game delivered on kind of the promise of, of the first game? Uh, e- yes. 
because it's a good game. Yeah. Um, I don't think this game has left me in the state that the first game did, though, where yeah. I could not wait for the second one to come out. But now I'm looking forward to the third one and I'm like, oh, yeah, definitely going to play it. Definitely going to buy it on the first day. But I'm not like itching for it as badly as I did gotcha, in the gotcha. last one. You know what I mean? Yeah, yeah. Okay, we'll, we'll definitely talk some more in, in the spoiler zone when we get there. Um, I guess like also this being, man, I was going to say one of the first few games, but the PS5 has been out for three years now. Yes. That's crazy. Anyways, <laughs> before I get too existential on time, um, <laughs> how uh, how was performance for you with the game? How did everything run? Surprisingly not perfect. Uh, yes, yes. That's one of my <laughs> things too. Yeah. There were pop-ins um, a few oh, times really? for me. Yeah, like some bad ones. Um, but that, that, that one didn't happen too much. There was, oh God, what problem did I run into where... I had to restart the game a couple of times because like uh, it, it wouldn't like progress normally where mm-hmm. like I think it was uh, one of the oh I can't say it. I don't know if that's a spoiler. There's a side quest with a villain in the game uh-huh, and uh-huh. like I entered the the thing to start yep, the side yep, quest yep, yep, and yep, it yep. wouldn't start it, or it did but things weren't happening properly. That happened to and, me too. Yeah and I'm like oh weird okay. It wasn't a big issue but it was just like I do have to restart it now and, and try yeah. again. But yeah it was surprisingly not perfectly clean but the first game I thought was. Yeah I feel like the first game was right up there with God of War as one of those games where like it came late in the PS4's life cycle or maybe not late but later at least Um, and it was one of those things where it was like wow look what you can do with this hardware like it was such an impressive display of like the machine's capabilities and how flawlessly everything ran Um, and I feel like this game did not quite have that level of polish. I overall, it did have a lot of polish. It's like still beautiful. It. Oh yeah. Yeah, yeah, it it's it's stunning. Uh, the expansions to New York, you know, like adding in Queens and some more Brooklyn, like all of that, wonderful. I love seeing all of that. Like the game still runs very smooth. Like I wasn't yeah. having great frame rate rapid issues. loading too. Like does yeah. the ratchet and clank thing where you're like jumping in and out of portals sometimes and then it's like instant loading in certain sections it's cool yeah it's very it's very impressive but it i did have my fair share of bugs like and again i feel like you and i maybe or maybe not opposite trajectories but as far as like i think the ending kind of left you like more lukewarm on the game whereas i think i started pretty lukewarm and then enjoyed it more as i went gotcha um like early on i remember one of the first few missions miles is crawling through a vent which you do many many times and just like the animation didn't look right Mm. like it felt in real life what it is is that the environment's moving around you and your character's just doing an animation but normally and it kind of went away later on so i wonder if i had some sort of bug or something but like normally it looks like his hands are pushing off the ground and that's propelling him forward he felt very weightless in that first one and it felt like he was kind of like floating almost like it didn't quite look right and then i ran into like a couple of bugs especially early on i got stuck in a building's wall and couldn't get out. Uh, I then later in the game also ended up inside a building that I was not supposed to be able to be in. And I got stuck. Um, 
where during one of Craven's like first appearances, there's a big uh, fight sequence on a boat and I had cleared everything and the mission just didn't progress. And I was just on a boat uh, uh, and I had to reload my save and do the whole thing again. And then, and then it's like, yeah, I was waiting yeah. on the cutscene that never came. Enemies got stuck in objects a lot for me. And then I just couldn't hit them. And then the mission wouldn't end because they're stuck in a 3d object that I can't get inside of. So I yeah. couldn't like end it. Well, at one point I had like a really like pretty emotional cutscene as we're ramping up towards the end of the game. And when the cutscene started, I just see this floating cup of coffee <laughs> and I was like, what the hell's going on? And both Harry and MJ were invisible. Oh, so, no. and I, but it was like, it was a hefty cutscene, and I was like, I, I can't. So I just, I reloaded the save because I was yeah. like, I don't want to experience it like this. Maybe they um, haven't perfected like PS5 stuff yet because Miles Morales had like one or two bugs as well, but I don't remember bugs in the first game. So maybe it's like a PS5. Yeah. Thing. And I, I don't, cause I played Miles Morales on the PS4. I don't really remember very many bugs or performance issues in Miles Morales. So it, it could be a PS5 thing. I don't know. Um, but definitely like. Be prepared. I would say if you're going to play this game and you're going to play it to its entirety, you'll probably run into a bug or two at some point. None of them were like game destroying, though, but I did have to reload saves, which is never a great sign. It's possible they patched it by now, too. Maybe that's not very, a thing anymore. Yeah, very possible. But when it came out, yeah, it definitely had a few bugs. Um, and it, uh, I will say also, they did have a little time to patch stuff because we could maybe talk about this later in the spoiler zone because it story wise. Um, but I was busy, um, uh, performing in a show. So I was commuting back and forth to like New York. So I got to play like the opening of the game. And then I didn't get to touch it for like a week. So it took me like a month to like really start playing the game. Damn. Um, That's a banger opening too. You must've been like, it um, is. And then later on I got to play a little bit more and then I had to go back to the city and I found out that like I had paused right before like a major moment in the game. And I was like, wow. Okay. Um, did you like Peter's new face? Uh, I hated it when they first showed (laughs) it, uh, especially in like miles Morales. I think we talked about it in the review. I was like, why? Because I really liked the old Peter face. Um, it's fine now I'm used to it, but one of the side effects of it is that this face looks so much younger that I kind yeah. of don't fully buy the age difference between Miles and Peter. There was times. some parts where I'm like, Miles looks like a man and Peter looks like a boy, but yeah. there's like a 10 year age gap between them, I think, in the game. Yeah, because in, I mean, in this game, right? Like, it felt this way when I played the first one on the PS4. It's like Peter is like mid to late 20s. He's been Spider Man for about 10 years now. And so, you know, that kind of then also carries over into some of the themes of this game. And like, not to be, I don't know, facist or whatever, but yeah, when you kind of got like a beautiful baby face boy, it's like, it's a little hard to buy some of them. I'm like, you could have wrinkled him up a little bit, you know? And Yuri Lowenthal, who's a great voice actor, he's a fantastic Spider-Man. Sometimes it just doesn't match the look of the face, his voice, not his fault. He's doing the same voice as he did in the first game, but I bought it there, but not in this one. Yeah. Yeah. I actually, I, 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 I agree with that. And I thought that a, a handful of times throughout the game. Cause his voice sounds older, but he doesn't look older. He does actually, he does have a pretty youthful voice. Cause it's, it's pretty high in the register. He puts a lot of energy into it. Um, so I don't, I don't know. I don't know, but yeah, I, I kind of, I agree with you. Um, 
the Mary Jane sections much better in this game. Yeah, than the first yeah, much game. better. I don't mind them. Oh, uh, I remembered the the last like narrative slash gameplay thing I wanted to ask you. That's not really much of a spoiler, but how did you like the friendly neighborhood Spider Man requests? In particular, some of the ones that Miles does around uh, around school. Oh, around the college. Yeah. Oh, I don't know. They were fun. <laughs> I thought they were fine, but apparently it is the most agree. Like everyone was so incensed about it because they were really. Like, Why is Spider Man helping someone with their science project? And I'm like, dog, it's the friendly neighborhood, neighborhood Spider Man. I don't know that. No, that part was fine. Yeah, I thought it was fine. I do wish I had done more story missions before going to it, though, because that was during my like side mission yeah. marathon. And like at one point I was kind of like, dog, I'm fucking Spider-Man. Why am I helping you ask your boyfriend out to prom? Let's go. Like, <laughs> yeah, um, I, I found a good balance, though, switching between side quests and main missions. I didn't make sure every side quest was done on the map before moving on. If I was like close to the main mission i'm like okay it's time to do it and then i'll do that stuff later just because i knew it was going to be there after so i'm like there's yeah. no rush you know yeah i i definitely found the balance later on but this is one of those games that like retaught me a lesson that i feel like i sometimes forget and i feel like some of the people i, I talk to sometimes forget as well is like it's a game yeah. you're supposed to have fun yes if you're not enjoying something or you're not enjoying the way something's going it's okay to not do it or come back to it later or turn down the difficulty or whatever. Like I will tell you one of the things that like later in the game, there are these chase missions uh, that are aerial and I fucking hated them. (laughs) Worst part of the game. I I've never loved like racing segments in games kind of period, but the aerial chases God, because you had to, you have to fill up. A you mean when you're bar. following the things yeah. and you had to stay in the yeah. jet stream? Yeah. Oh, those were easy for me. I, I just, I didn't find them fun in the slightest. Oh no, they weren't fun. I mean, they, you just kind of, I figured out you just had to kind of stay still and like kind of move left or right if something was like firing yeah. back at you. But no, they're, they're, it wasn't fun. It was I tedious. Think- I was overcorrecting or like sometimes I would come too close to a building. So then he would start wall running and Uh. it would kill my momentum. And I was getting so frustrated because the thing would escape always when I was in, in between 90% and a hundred, but it would always escape during that. And at one point I was just like, okay. And I found out that it is a chase assist feature. So I turned it on whenever I played one of those missions and then turned it off. Maybe. Was mine on by default then, I feel like? Because I never... It might have been, because once I turned it on, it was exactly like you described, where it's like I barely had to move. Yeah, I never had an issue with those things. So maybe mine was just on. You might have had it on. Weird, okay. Yeah, so I guess if this helps anyone at home who's playing and you're like, fuck these chase missions, there is a chase assist. And I... I turned it off for the other ones because like I like chasing the cars for the crimes and all of that. And it made that too easy. But for the aerial ones, man, it made me so much happier. I was like, great, great. This is a, a lot better. Um, but I don't know. Do we have anything else that we kind of want to hit on before a potential before we vote and maybe do a spoiler zone? No, no, um, I guess the only thing if you felt comfortable in the first game with normal mode, Maybe try bumping it up to hard for this one because I felt like this game was a little easier in a lot of ways, especially when you upgraded everything. Um, I felt like I was kind of just blazing through it at that point. So um, there might be a day where I replay through this game, maybe before the third game comes out 
and I'll like raise the difficulty. So that's just my recommendation. But you don't have to if you don't like that. Play yeah. in normal mode because it's still a fun time either way. That's I think I think that's a fair recommendation. I considered it at one point, and then I was just kind of having fun like trying to do silly things to the yeah, enemies. Sure. So that's that's fun too, and it made me again think of of Nick who. Um, I, I believe he's picking this. He's finishing cyberpunk right now. And then he said he was going to pick it up, but he's, he's the king of like just doing stupid shit in games. It's, it's amusing to watch him play. And I was kind of like, man, I wish we were still roommates so I could watch him <laughs> see what he would do in this game. Um, Does he but, like cyberpunk? Uh, with the new update? He, yeah. Apparently it's apparently like it's great. Yeah. We should actually maybe do an episode on that. Cause I just got the update. I'm like, I'm, I haven't really touched it yet. Uh, but I, I've heard phenomenal things. Like it's basically a new game. I would have to buy it again because I got a refund for it the first time. I don't own it anymore. Damn. Yeah. Hey, that that would actually make for an interesting episode. Maybe if, if, since you refunded it. Should you rebuy it though? Yeah. <laughs> huh. Anyways, uh, shall we do a vote and then a spoiler zone? Yeah. All right. So in the case of Marvel's Spider-Man Two, how do we vote? Um, it's, I, I don't think it's a big surprise for me. I think this is definitely a, a, you should buy it though. I have my quips with it definitely more than I did with the first game. Uh, but like I said, also, I feel like at certain points, the, the feeling of excitement in this game eclipses the first one. And then in emotional heft, I feel like the first game eclipses this one. So you win some, you lose some, I guess. Uh, but overall really fun. And I, I'm actually very excited for the third one. Um, assuming it gets made. Uh, I think they've set up some really cool stuff and that's definitely going to be a day one buy. Um, yeah, you, you should buy it though. If, if you're anything like me. Yeah. I, I mean, same exact thing. I think you should buy it though. Um, yeah. Same kind of gripes where I don't think it necessarily elevated to the point that, I wanted to in in some ways, but it's still a very fun, very well made game. It's it's more Spider Man, so if you just enjoy kind of like mm-hmm. swinging around and doing your own thing, like yes, absolutely buy it because it's just more of that. And in some ways, it's it's better in traversal and mm-hmm. and combat and stuff. So I I do, yeah, I certainly recommend it with the slight caveats that you know maybe there might be some things that you have expectations for that it doesn't necessarily meet um i will say not to be negative about it but this game is stacked or this this year is stacked with great games so spider-man out of the games that i've played actually happens to fall in the bottom three of of all the games that i've played this year which is how many games have you shocking not a lot i mean obviously you know we're all busy with stuff i've played about seven or eight games okay and then i'm gonna pick up a few more for christmas so when all is said and done i'll probably have played about 10 or 11 games this year Mm. um i haven't played mario wonder yet i know i'm gonna love that one but (laughs) um it, it does fall in the bottom three you know around final fantasy 16 but um it's still a very good game. You know, yeah. when you have less time, you tend to go and buy the games that, you know, like uh-huh, I will uh-huh. probably enjoy this. So I'm not comparing it to like, you know, awful games that may or may not have come out this yeah, year yeah, yeah, out yeah. of like the good solid ones, like at least a seven out of 10, this falls like in the lower range of that scale. Yeah. I actually think personally speaking, at least for me, uh, this one might be top of the year for me, despite the Rocky start. 
I think some of the other games I've played are better, but I think this is the one I've enjoyed the most. Like this is probably it would really have to duke it out with Baldur's Gate because I like Baldur's Gate, but this Baldur's Gate, Tears of the Kingdom, and this were like my big games that I played this year. And this is the only one of the three. Granted, it's a much shorter game than either of those. Right. Um, but having a strong narrative and kind of the way that it's structured, um, it is the one game that despite the rocky start, which is the opposite of the other two, kind of held my excitement. And like, as soon as I was done with work, I was like, I'm going to go be Spider-Man. Uh, and I was just playing it every day. I never played anything else until I was done with the game. Like it was right. one, it, it gripped me like that, which which I value, despite knowing that the other games are probably better, objectively speaking, depending on how you measure it. Um, I, I, I think that. I got the most like just pure, like fun and joy, fun. And it is more of that. I can't disagree. Like it, it is still you're still Spider-Man. So yeah, yeah. that has its own you know merit to it for me. My top three right now, Lies of P, which I'll talk about at the end. Um, Zelda, I still think I, I, I love it. It was still a great improvement yeah. to the first one. And then Resident Evil 4 Remake are probably my three right now. But again, I still have Good to games. play Baldur's Gate. I still have to play Mario. And I think I'm going to pick up Alan Wake 2 because I've heard some great things about the narrative of that. So I'm going to give Ooh. that a try and see where those games fall on my I list. I never played the first Alan Wake, but uh, I, I didn't either. control I, enough that I might I might pick up Alan Wake. Yeah, because it's the same company. And I just downloaded the first one because it was free yeah. on PlayStation Plus. So I'm going to give both of them a try and yeah. see what happens. Because it's... Yeah, go ahead, go ahead. No, it's it's actually the same world as Control, if I'm not mistaken. Right, because there was like Alan Wake Easter eggs in Control. Yeah, yeah, right? yeah. That's cool. Um, I loved Control, so I'm I'm excited to play play those games. Definitely. Yeah. But in the case of Marvel Spider-Man Two, you should buy it though. Sweet, 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 sweet. I don't think it was the most surprising outcome, but still, I'm I'm glad that you know it. I'm glad it's here and I'm glad that I enjoyed it and it wasn't a letdown like fucking Starfield. <laughs> uh, I could have told you that before you bought it. Everyone could have, but I really <laughs> I really had hope. I When did you realize it? Um honestly When you pretty, were mining in the beginning for rocks? No, I don't mind a, I don't mind a slow start if you're going to take me somewhere narratively interesting, but yeah. the thing is there wasn't a narrative in this game and that's where <laughs> that's where it lost me like i was just doing fetch quests a- anyway Space. we can talk about the starfield <laughs> in a second uh, yeah we well, could talk about that at the end yeah, yeah so uh, everyone we're going to be entering the spoiler zone now <laughs> but um if you haven't played spider-man and you want to pause this go play spider-man um or maybe skip around to the end because we're gonna we're gonna talk some spider-man spoilers and then we're gonna do some like rapid fire reviews of other stuff that we've been wanting to talk about for a while at the end of this so um yeah this is your last warning spoilers ahead um yeah so i guess let's let's fucking let's talk spoilers what was you had one big thing that you wanted to mention uh oh well, I don't know if this is the one big thing we're talking about, but just the the discussion of like I felt like things were rushed mostly with some villains and maybe it's cuz they packed the house with villains in this game, yeah. but Lizard kind of came and went for me. 
Um, yeah, that was fast. It was a cool sequence, though. The chase on the boat was it, was fun. It was all cool, but well, and that was in one of the trailers too. So maybe that's oh, here, the, okay. The so here's I the got. here's the thing. Uh, but not to cut you off, but um, I didn't watch any trailers for this game either, Good. so Good. I didn't know anything coming in. I knew Venom was in it because like the statuettes and the special edition and the whatever. But Venom takes like a hot second to show up, at least the way I played it. Uh, and so, like, Craven kind of is really taking your attention. And, like, for a second, because I also, it was so hard to avoid spoilers for this game online. Um, and I just remember the, uh, there was fucking everyone and their mother was tweeting, Facebook posting, pigeon messaging, uh, this like quote from one of the writers, I think it was, that said, writer confirms that Miles Morales is now the primary Spider-Man in the Insomniac universe. And so I was like, what the fuck does that mean? I don't, oh. I don't love that. So when Peter dies, <laughs> I was screaming. I was like, did you just fucking kill Peter Parker? Okay, that was my favorite part of the game right there. That scene where he gets stabbed and yes. we think he's going to die was emotionally powerful. Even like I, I didn't know what to think in the moment if they were going to commit to it or not. I'm like, yeah. well, they got Miles. I guess they could kill him. Um, and, and the that transitioning into him getting the black suit there and that's yeah. what saves him. All of that was perfect. It showed power levels. It showed stakes. It made you feel like motivated to when you got to control the black suit and you just wipe through all the hunters. Like yeah. that was all amazing. Like the, I, I think we are feeling kind of the opposite way where the first half of the game I was excited about. I loved like that moment too was kind of like the cap of it. And then everything after that, I was like anticipating more stuff like that. And I didn't quite get it. I thought the payoff at the end with venom wasn't quite a payoff and Harry, I thought they were going to commit to like, you have to kill him, but not really like Mary Jane as what is the character called scream when she turns into yeah, yeah, that scream. was very cool. I love that fight, yeah. but then it was over in an instant and um, that didn't really stick with me. Craven, like he gets a lot of screen time, obviously, but by the time he kind of makes his exit, <laughs> yeah, um, I'm like, oh, Okay, and, and that might be intentional just to show the difference in power level between Venom and Craven, because yeah. I love controlling Venom for the little bit that I did. I did but, too, I did too. But then it's just like, all right, Craven's gone, we're done with that. And I was like, oh, okay, fine. See, the, the game actually kind of hit, because I remember when, you know, when Venom, like proper Venom appears, I was, I was sitting on the couch, Hannah watched me play the whole thing. Uh, and I was like, man, could you imagine if they let you play as Venom now? And then... They did. Yeah. I love that, and I actually really liked him killing Craven because uh, I kept waiting. I was like, "Man, they're really pulling punches because Venom should be eating these people." Like when you were like rampaging, like I was like, "He should be tearing these people in half, not just like throwing them." You know, like they should they should have really like let you go like carnage, full carnage, I guess, <laughs> on uh, on everyone as like full Venom. And then when he bites his head off, I was like, oh, I guess they were saving the impact for this. I mean, um, I, I, I love that he killed Craven too. That's a yeah. good choice. But I, maybe I wanted more from it. Yeah. I just like, because I get it. Like, I don't necessarily disagree, but I also feel like I'm satisfied in the sense of like, I don't know where else they could have taken Craven aside from him just 
actually killing one of the Spider-Men because you already get him almost killing them. You get him kidnapping Miles. You get him like kicking the shit out of all of you like several times. So I didn't, I, I feel like him fighting Venom and I was like, oh, this is the kind of villain. I don't. I thought about Nick a lot during this game. <laughs> but I was like, this is the kind of villain that Nick Benetratos would quote during like a D&D game. Because he loves these like metal lines. I'm trying to remember what the line was. He says something to Venom while they're fighting. And I was like, oh, yeah, that's it's it's that's sick. Uh, he's very the orc from Skyrim that's looking for a good death. Yeah. Um, and I don't know. It, it felt fitting. I was like, yeah, I mean, if not Venom, then who? You know, aside from yeah. the Spider-Man. And like. I agree because it was very, it's where it almost reached the Spider-Man one levels where I was like, I really don't want to kill Harry. And like, it really feels like you have to kill him. But if they had you kill him, I feel like it would have betrayed like kind of the theme of this. Game. You know, not, not necessarily, you don't have to kill him. Like you don't have to make that choice, but in the end it was very clear, like, okay, to save the world, you have to, do this thing to me. And he even comes out and says like, do it like, you yeah. know, end it, make this choice. And I think it kind of, it plays with the idea that like, yeah, he's, he's in a coma. Right. Yeah. Um, yeah. But you know, he's probably going to be okay. If, I don't know if he's not okay, then great. But if they save, <laughs> <laughs> but if they save him, I'm going to be like, ah, oh, come on. Like you could have killed him too, because that would have been a great kicking off point. Which it still kind of happens for Norman Osborn now yeah. to go, and I'm thinking become the Green Goblin officially. Well, yeah, right? because he he uh, he says, um, you know, bring up Project G. Um, yeah. So, like, definitely, this is why I'm excited. for And he's wearing a green shirt and tie at that part yeah. too. If you know, he's wearing green most of the time that you see. Him. <laughs> um, and also, like, okay, so this is why I love the Green Goblin. I'm obsessed with the Green Goblin. I don't know why. I Mostly thanks to Willem Dafoe oh, more yeah. than anything. That's a good finale villain for yeah. sure, if he's the last one. And there's, like, there's a lot of classic, like, moment. Like, I, I don't know if you're familiar too much with the comics. I haven't actually read them, but, like, I know what happens in them. And there's that classic panel of... There's this one story where uh, uh, Dr. Octopus ends up in Spider-Man's body and he like, I, I don't remember who he's fighting. He like punches someone and he like kills them with a punch. And he's like, oh my God, he was holding back this whole time. And like the Green Goblin is the villain for a lot of that. And then finally, when Peter comes back into the body and he makes a stupid joke, there's the iconic frame of the close up on the Green Goblin's eyes. And he goes, it's you. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, yeah. Just because yeah. it's a stupid joke. Because he knows. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> anyway, so I'm very excited for the Green Goblin. Uh, I'm, I'm very much looking forward to it. And I think... Um, I I don't know if Harry's going to be okay. I, I kind of hope he's not like you. <laughs> um, because if he was going to be okay, then I feel like the whole Green Goblin thing loses impact. Whereas now it's like, you know, he, he believes that Spider-Man essentially killed his son uh, and he's going to go hunting for Spider-Man and probably more specifically Peter Parker eventually. Yeah. I think they... There's there's at least a 50-50 chance they'll kill Peter Parker off in the third one. Well, I was going to say, I wonder how relevant he's going to be, though, because I, I'm thinking now, like, the third game is Miles' game. I, I don't think know. they're going to... I The way I'm picturing it, which I'm assuming is also similar to what they might do with God of War if they do a game with Atreus as the yeah. protagonist, is Miles, 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 Green Goblin, what's going on, Miles? And then last act, Peter is forced out of retirement. Maybe, maybe, yeah. And that's his moment to like, 
if they're going to kill him, it's going to be during that, like, I guess, you know, writing his wrongs or whatever, like that right. kind of thing. Um, but yeah, I don't know. I'm, I'm excited for the third game. I, I liked, but Venom are we done? Craven. We're done with Venom. Most likely. I think most likely we'll get a carnage DLC or carnage will be in the, third do you game. think carnage will be a main villain in the third game? Because could be. carnage is in this game technically as a, a side quest. He's not carnage yet. He's still Cletus Cassidy or yeah, whatever, but, name but it sets him. up the fact that he will become carnage. Yes. Cause so, he stole some of the symbiote. Yeah, so I think Carnage is coming, whether it's DLC or the third game, he's coming. I Carnage is a- huge. I feel like they got to put him in as a main villain, right? Uh, yes and no. I, I think they could make good choices either way. It just depends on how they want to execute it because Carnage is huge. I totally agree. But also, is he bigger than Harry as Venom? Probably not. Right. Um, like destruction wise, definitely. But as far as emotional impact, maybe not. He might be like a, like a first act villain if they do save him for the third game. Right. Yeah. I just feel like they overloaded the game with a lot in a short amount of time. Cause in theory, the game is only like 25 hours ish. Right. Yeah. And yeah. we did everything and it's still that length. Right. Yeah, so, I, think, I think I hit a little closer to 30, but yeah, in that ballpark. So still not a lot of time for a game that's packed with all these people and all these things, even in the side content. Like, I feel like Mysterio was wasted. I mean, there was a couple cool story elements involving him, mm-hmm. like a cool twist at the end of that section. But I'm like, ah, I wanted more from Mysterio, I wanted more from Lizard. Black Cat was in and out. And I'm like, she was such an integral part of the DLC of the first game. And now she's just like, all right, I'm done. Yeah. Uh, well, I, I don't know. I never got to play the DLC because I had graduated and moved before it came out. And so Nick still had the game. Right. Um, so actually, one of the things that kind of surprised me was I was like, oh, the DLC was kind of essential story-wise because... Um, like Yuri, I was so confused. I'm you like, had, oh my God, that's right. You probably had no idea no, what happened. I was there. like, how did Yuri go from being my, like my man in the chair to like and apparently <laughs> hating me now? Yeah. No. Oh my. Okay. So actually that was the coolest part of the DLC. Her turn from like cop to like kind of the like killer crazy person. Yeah. Yeah. Assassin. That was such a cool mission. Um, and it was creepy too. Like, that's kind of like what I wanted from the side content. Like you got to like follow her descend into madness and in her side quest in the, in one of the DLCs and the ending, the finale was like her, she strung up a whole bunch of like bad guys, but it looked like she tortured them. It was so cool. And so like the payoff of her coming back in this, I really liked, but I didn't even think about that. Like, Oh wait, what if you didn't experience that? So yeah, it was right. just confusing to me. Yeah, you know, um, yeah. So so there were there were little stuff like that, and that's why I'm like, because I kind of had to look it up, and I was like, okay, I kind of, I I didn't read the full thing, but I kind of got the gist of what's going on, and I was like, well, if they if they're able to fit something like that, I could see them fitting Carnage into a beefy DLC, you know, um, right? But, you mean DLC for this game? Yeah. Perhaps that's true because I think now they're going to make another like mini game. Like, do you think they'll do like a Miles Morales style game with the character that pops in at the end? Oh, with Silk? Yeah, I could. I could see that happening. They would really 
I guess they would have to introduce her in that game because we see her, but obviously she's not a spider person yet. Right. Uh, but at least it seems they're going with that she's more Miles' age in this one. Right. But in the comics, I believe she is bitten by the exact same spider that bites Peter. Uh. Uh, and then she's locked away by Ezekiel Webb, who's the bad guy in that new weird Sony Madam Webb movie. Oh, no. Yeah, it's a, it, it's a weird complicated yeah. let's not get into the movies <laughs> maybe uh, not though because they got a wolverine game to work on too so maybe they're just not gonna make yeah i I, I don't i don't see them doing a, a mini game i think they had to do the mini game to like as like unfortunate as it although also like i think it was like earned like he had his own little story and it was a good way of doing it the tech demo before the full game yeah yeah and you kind of have to unfortunately sometimes with comic book audiences you got to warm them up to the idea of Miles or else. Which like, is stupid because Miles in a lot of ways in this game was cooler than Peter. I'm oh, yeah. Sorry. Well, he is defin. I mean, the point the game is making is like that he is definitively stronger than Peter in yeah. like character, you know, like with the ability to resist the symbiote and all of and that. He and he saves I- him. That was my second favorite scene in the game where you had to get the symbiote off of Peter. Yeah. The conversation between the two of them and the fight was awesome i love that yeah yeah i love that i like peter especially it was kind of funny but like once peter's like turning um and you have the black suit (laughs) i would laugh because you know you would go like help with like a street level crime and he would be like yeah that'll show you to steal a car you know (laughs) yeah (laughs) it was so intense but the game also like and uh, I mean, <laughs> but I at the same like, time, the game sometimes wouldn't know where you were in the story yeah, yeah. when you had the black suit. So it'd be like, all right, I'm happy to help. I'm Spider-Man. And then he'd go back to, I fucking hate everyone. Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> yeah like, oh I, I, I ran into that a few times. But also, you know, the, the game did also, uh, I, I felt like emotional impact as you're seeing Peter's kind of descent into the symbiote where I was like. Ah, I really like the suit and me as the player, I don't want to give up the suit, but also me as the person who likes and cares about Peter Parker. I was like, I, this is hard. I don't like watching this, you know, like, yeah. Uh, gameplay wise though I love that they found a way to give you back the yes. symbiote powers without, I was kind of bummed and then, taking them away, and then yeah. the white suit really was, was sick. I was like, hell yeah. And cool. opens up possibilities for like, also maybe being a plausible reason why Peter has to come back at some point with like the symbiote still being attached to him. Right. I don't know. I Um, love that in this game, they made the, they made two people addicted to the symbiote. I mean, I I don't usually in other stories, like there's the Eddie Brock character that, that gets it eventually, but he doesn't get it until Peter's done with it. And this one, like Harry's had it. And then it bounces to Peter. So they both kind of have that Lord of the Rings like, no, I want it. I want it. Yeah. And that dynamic was very cool between the two of them. Well, there's that one moment where like Harry calls you on the phone and then he's like, he doesn't need it. He'll be fine. Like, yeah. And he's like clearly dying. He's like, oh, my God. <laughs> that was very cool. Very cool. Yeah, uh, that was great. Oh, also this game, I don't. I feel like the same thing happened in the first game, but I was kind of anno- I was kind of sad and annoyed. Same with like God of War Ragnarok, where like I would be listening to like a podcast by JJJ or whatever, and I would walk past the crime and it would turn off and never return. I like, never got to listen to any of those in this game. I felt like I was able to hear them more in the first game. They yeah, would turn the- off instantly. 
Kind of like how, you know, in, in, in the first God of War 2, when someone's telling you a story and you, like, get off at an island, then when you get back on the boat, like, they'll say, anyways, as I was saying, and Ragnarok didn't do that, and this game doesn't do that either with the with the radio stuff, and it kind of... They do it with conversations, though. If you're on the phone with, like, MJ and you get interrupted, yes, yes, one, yeah. he'll call back and be like, oh, what are we were talking about? And they'll pick it up, but not for, like, the JJ... Uh, podcast or like that other girl either like that didn't happen yeah it, so it, i would try to swing around a little bit when those were playing to like let them finish and then continue yeah yeah also me like a dumbass because i had a hidden achievement and i didn't know what it was towards the end of the game and i kept seeing all those tech crates and so i was like i guess it must be finding all the tech crates and I spent, I oh, don't know no. how long, just hunting down tech crates. And I was like, this is miserable. Let me look up if I you need to You should just this. open up the hidden trophy. Like, yeah. just look at it. <laughs> what was it? Like, finding the medal that Miles left in his game? Uh, no, it was, um, uh, like, Venom striking 25 people while in the Venom Rage or whatever it was. Oh, uh, okay. Um, yeah, because it was the last achievement I was missing. So, anyways, but... Yeah, I guess uh, other other spoilery stuff that we wanted to talk about. I don't think so. I mean, I'm oh, excited. I like, sorry, just like uh, th- to talk about the ending a little bit because we touched on like the, you know, how, how we felt about it. I don't like, I, I like Peter retiring. It, it does feel a little weird when Miles and Peter look like the same age and he, or even Peter sometimes looks a little younger and he's like, you got this now, young, you know, whippersnapper. Yeah. That, and know, I'm like, Miles is fine. Like, <laughs> get out yeah. of the way, little boy. <laughs> yeah. Um. So, like, that was definitely a little, you know, visually jarring. But yeah. narratively, like, I like, I like him retiring because you also you see the whole thing with MJ when she scream and like, and all of that, that. was also, really sweet. Like the dialogue during that fight. Yes. I'm like, this is good. I like getting this, this relationship between the two of them. Yeah. It's, it's nice to see like th- that relationship is an important one in like the Spider-Man story. And I, I think they did it well. And also um, I think one of the reasons that so many people love Spider-Man is that he's a very like street level hero in the sense that like, he's always dealing with, the same shit that the rest of us are dealing with. You know, he can't pay his rent. Uh, he can't, can't pay the mortgage because he has ones. his aunt's house now. I'm like, oh man, you're fucked. <laughs> I know. I man. felt it, it now that I'm older. I'm like, man, Peter Parker, I don't envy him anymore. <laughs> yeah. yeah. <laughs> like literally. Yes. Same. But like it, and they, they do the same for Miles, too, with, like, the way that he's putting off his college applications. Because it's like, yeah, you know, if you're if you're a high school kid and you are Spider-Man, it's like, what do I care about doing my college application? Like, I'm Spider-Man, but Spider-Man ain't paying the bills. But And, like, all of that, that sacrifice, it's not just, oh, I have to let May die to save the city. It's also, like, the personal sacrifices of, like, I'm not making enough time for my relationship, whatever. If he's, like, a father and he's still, like, actively Spider-Man, like, what is he missing out in his kid's life? What is he missing out with, like, his friend? Like, there's there's a lot of other, like, small sacrifices. Yeah. You know, the finances and all of that. And I... I, I thought the ending was like was pretty touching. Like I kind of I, I felt it coming and it made sense. And I don't know. I liked it because I know that's that's been a point of contention. I don't know how it was for you. For I you. like it if it pays off in the third game is what I'm going to say. 
if we because I don't think it should be wrapped up in a perfect neat little bow like it was. I agree. I agree. Um, so if we, br- I'm not saying tragedy has to strike Peter Parker <laughs> in the last game, but like if we can make it not so easy, then yeah. I'll I'll be comfortable with how the second game ended. I think it seems to me that the implication is that he's still Spider-Man, but he will be secondary. So it's right. like, if Miles needs backup, I'm here. And, and so like, when I'm I've got guessing free we'll time. be her too, right? We'll get to play as her. Maybe, maybe. I I feel like if they're only making three, I feel like, I guess they do have to put her in there, but it does, it does feel like that's going to start to get crowded at a certain point. Well, I think we're only going to be playing as Miles and Silk and Peter will be in for story reasons. And it might be like a Venom moment where like you get to play as Peter Parker for like one section, maybe. I was mm-hmm. like, oh my God, I'm Peter again, kind of thing. I, I wouldn't be surprised if they treat Silk more like uh, the MJ sections where you take her over. Oh, could be. Things. Yeah. And she's like. She's very, very early stages, like training under Miles. Okay, maybe, yeah. I could see that being a factor so that you still can have like, whatever, like the the nice moment of like in the heat of battle, she shows up in costume and she's there to help people. Um, but I think, yeah, probably bulk will be Miles. I would not be surprised if there are still like sections throughout as Peter, but instead of being able to switch, it's like in the first game where you're only Peter when the story tells you that you're Peter. But would the, would we have a game now where they let you play as two characters and you get two skill sets, two of everything only to take it away in the last game and go back to one character? I think they might for narrative reasons, they would just have to find a way to make miles's gameplay really Really like nice and compelling, you know? Yeah really beef him up and give him some new abilities, which um, I'm admittedly not super familiar with miles from like the comics and the source material and all of that. But I know that apparently in one of the new runs, they just gave him some like crazy new powers and like an electric sword or something. Oh my God. So, I don't know. Whoa. Maybe, maybe it's like shadow blade, but electric. They, yeah. It's, it's, it's awesome. something like that. <laughs> um, so I don't know. I kind of, I have faith to see and like, but there, I find it, very hard to believe that they would do a Green Goblin story and not have Peter be like a big component in it. Well, we I know Doc was... Ock is going to be back too, right? Oh, right, right. Well, no, because doesn't Doc Ock kind of tells him to fuck off? Kind of, but he goes to him at the end. That to me was like, oh, maybe he'll get out of jail. I don't know because they brought Martin Lee back, so I'm like, okay, he's bringing villains back is not out of the question. So I feel yeah. like maybe Doc Ock comes back. The thing with Doc Ock is that, and I feel like their portrayal of him to my memory is pretty consistent with this, like the, I guess the comics and like, you know, the version that we've seen in other media too, where Otto is not really a bad guy, but much like the symbiote, kind of the corruption of the power is right. what leads him down that path. So I wouldn't be surprised if like, they maybe even bring him back in just like a mentor capacity where Could he's like, be. I need your help. I think that might be satisfying and kind of delivers. Cause I did read that as a fuck you at the end too, but I also read it as a like, Oh, but what are you going to do for me? If I help you out, you know? Yeah. Yeah. Cause I, Otto has like a brilliant mind too. So maybe like he yeah. springs him out to help Harry. I don't know. That's true. Or to kill he Peter. He does say good, which like, oof, man, that's cold. Yeah. That's cold. I can't, I'm so excited to see Conan O'Brien as the Green Goblin. <laughs> <laughs> Hell yeah. <laughs> um, 
But yeah, I don't know. Is there anything else you want to talk about or should we move on to some other stuff real quick? I think we're good. I think we covered it. I think it we're good. good. Yeah, game. it was a it was a fun game. I'm glad we got to talk about it. Yeah. Uh, so, Nick, I know you wanted to give us like your quick your quick spiel on Lies of P. So everyone, if you've been waiting to buy Lies of P to hear Nick Palazzo's official review, here it comes. Here we go. Um, yeah, this is my game of the year for sure. I haven't That's awesome. played a, a, other games. I want to play Baldur's Gate because I know everyone loves it. I do want to play Alan Wake, all those games. But as of right now, this is my game of the year, and it was a big surprise. I mean, if, if you know me, you know I do really, really love Dark Souls and Bloodborne and all those types of games. This mm-hmm. is definitely one of those. The biggest compliment I could give it is that when people describe like Souls games, they say, Oh, Soulsborne games, the games made by From Software that have yeah, yeah. that difficult style gameplay with the great, um, you know, gameplay loop of uh, they call it, um, what's it called? Shortcut porn, <laughs> where like it shortcuts <laughs> up on shortcuts and it's just a satisfying feeling. And um, the lore is very obtuse, like finding mm-hmm. that and put, putting the puzzle pieces together those are from software games mostly directed by miyazaki if you make a souls style game but not produced by that company people usually call it a souls like where it's very similar to those games in a lot of ways takes inspiration but the design is not as well crafted as those games right the biggest compliment i could give lies of p it was not made by from software but it is in every way a souls born game everything feels like it was made by from software this is a tiny studio that's made only one other game i think in a lot of ways you could call it an indie game even though you know there was a bigger budget involved yeah yeah. um but the cool gimmick with it is it is a it, it takes the style of bloodborne but it's pinocchio a lot of it yeah, is like yeah. Pinocchio steampunk. Like he's got like this robot arm that you could use to attack people. He's got a sword. You have like Jiminy Cricket on your hip and a little lamp. And he's <laughs> like talking to you throughout the game. It, that sounds cheesy, but it's all done in that dark, you know, bloodborne yeah, yeah. kind of world. Um, it was just nominated for art direction at the game awards and best RPG. The art direction is gorgeous. It's set in this like, french european city um that's very drab and rainy and it's 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 gorgeous the music's great like picking up on like pinocchio easter eggs throughout like oh there's this character and this character is amazing and a lot of people that have played it say it is just as good in quality as a dark souls as a bloodborne and people are already like oh my god what's the next one like not, not even if it's like a, a lies of peace sequel but start doing like other fairy tales yeah. like in this bloodborne style um game do like an alice in wonderland themed one do like a wizard of oz themed one yeah there's so many possibilities and it's just it's exciting like for me bloodborne's number one it's one of my favorite games of of all time um from from software but this honestly to me is like an easy number two number three like is up there with dark souls and, and all that so if you love that kind of game you have to play this one it is another level of souls like it goes beyond that it feels like you're playing one of those games combat is fluid is fun um the difficulty is very well balanced in my opinion i don't think it's any more or less challenging if you're familiar with those games so Mm -hmm. um 
I would pick it up and the uh, the ability progression in this game, like the new things that you collect throughout is super, super satisfying. So That's I awesome. love the game. It's very good. Go buy it. I've, I've heard that a bunch too. And like, I, I'm very glad that it lives up to your expectations because I know you love that style of game. And I was surprised it did too. I'm like, well, this is another company. I don't yeah, know. Yeah. But it, it also combines the other thing that I love is like mythologies kind of like Pinocchio in Alice in Wonderland and like yeah. puts it into the si- style of like this dark Bloodborne kind of setting. And it's just, I think it's perfect. It, it, it really is. It's free on Game Pass. So if you have an Xbox, get it. Just get it, right? Yeah, I mean, hey, I continue to say Game Pass is like the deal of the century. Uh, think what you will of Microsoft, and I'm sure that it will become a less good deal as time goes on. Um, but at least in in the present year of our Lord, 2023, uh, it is a great deal, great deal uh, for, yeah. for my PC gamers, for my Xbox gamers. Like, it, it makes it so much easier to try out new games, so I will never not sing its praises. Um, Speaking of PC gamers, I know Mr. Palazzo himself has been interested in the idea of a Steam Deck. Oh, yeah. And I, okay, here's a quick, should I buy it on the Steam Deck? Fucking, like, buy it. It, I'm a, I'm a yeah. PC gamer. I much prefer playing things with mouse and keyboard seated at a desk in front of a monitor. That is how I enjoy games. But much like the Switch, um, which kind of became my favorite for a bit. The Steam Deck now brings that comfort and ease to my PC games mm-hmm. and the wizardry that Valve is putting just like on a technical level into the um, they just revised it with the OLED version, which is it's a nicer screen. Um, you're getting a slightly bigger screen. You're getting better battery life. You're getting a revised, uh, I think, six nanometer chip. And so all of that means it's lighter. It performs better. It runs longer and they're keeping they're actually dropping the prices which is bananas wow. i i love seeing the stuff that valve is doing because you know we've had i'm i'm following the pc handheld market very closely because i love the steam deck so much there's been the rog ally there's been the lenovo legion go which i really like because it has that um that fps mode so that you can play games like competitive shooters on the go because it detaches like a joy con and you can use it as a mouse uh because when you're playing against other mouse players like even with the trackpads on the steam deck i can't keep up in csgo like not even close Um, that seems like the better deal honestly because if we're saying it's the switch but for pc for steam you get a larger library of games you get more sales the the steam deck is cheaper you're saying the the, uh, the games on Steam are often cheaper because oh, they yeah. sales more frequently. And yeah. Nintendo's stingy, so they don't drop yeah. sales often. So that just seems like, and you have yeah more games available to you to play like on the go. So that's amazing. Yeah, it's been phenomenal for I guess my my other should I buy like the top games of the year for me. Baldur's Gate three is still there now that Spider Man is done. I'm starting getting through Baldur's Gate three again. Uh, I'm entering kind of like the last act of the game now. I've really enjoyed it. Um, the The complexity behind it is is stunning. It's a totally different kind of game, but like, it's on par with like the technical um, a- achievements. Maybe not, but like, uh, it is similarly astounding to something like Outer Wilds, uh, where you're like, wow, like 
a small team put this together. Outer Wilds is like, it's a miracle. Uh, the stuff that they pulled off with the game. That one's crazy. But it, when you consider the scope of Baldur's Gate, it is incredibly impressive how much freedom you have in the game. So it's been great for that. I also just got, this is not a new game by any stretch of the imagination, but I think it's hilarious and I want to shout it out. RimWorld? Oh, I don't know okay. if you're familiar, Nick. Yeah, I am. But that didn't come out. That's no, no, not even close. <laughs> but I just bought it has been recommended to me on Steam for ages. Okay. And the the problem with me with sandbox games is that, like, I really like having a narrative to, like, go through and like missions and all that, because if not, I kind of like lose interest because it feels aimless. Man, RimWorld. I, I, I got it because I had long train rides literally nine hours at a time would disappear in the blink of an eye. Wow. I would get on to be like, oh, I'm probably going to sleep on the train ride for a little bit because I got up at like 3 a.m. I would be pulling into the station, having played <laughs> RimWorld the entire oh time. For the, I guess for anyone at home who doesn't know what it is, it's like a Mars colony sim, but it's, it's kind of hilarious because it generates stories. Everyone has their own personalities. Like some of them might be like cannibals or whatever. There's like really harsh, you know, environment and challenges. And it it's, it's like Stardew Valley on meth. <laughs> um, and yeah, it's, it's great. I just bought Dave the Diver on the Switch. Have you heard of that? I have heard of it, but I haven't played it, but I've heard phenomenal things. It was like 15, 20 bucks and it's awesome. You go like diving and catching fish for like one half of the game. And then the other half is managing your sushi restaurant and it's delightful. Yeah. There was controversy cause it got nominated for best indie game at the game awards, but mm-hmm. apparently there's like big studio backing and big money yeah, going yeah. into it. So people are like, Hmm, but it is a great game. So I do recommend it. It's very we relaxing and chill. Yeah. I keep saying that we need to do like an indie corner or something like an episode where we just talk about a bunch of awesome indie games. Oh my God. I would love that. Uh, Did you see the nominations for, I haven't yet. No. Do you want to know game of the year? Sure. I'm going to do it off the top of my head. See if I remember, but it's um, Spider-Man two is nominated for game of the year. Mm. Uh, Resident evil four remake mm-hmm. uh, Baldur's gate mm-hmm. uh, Zelda. Um, oh God. It's two more. Mario Wonder. Okay. And then, uh, oh, Alan Wake 2 is the sixth okay. one. Damn, yeah. solid games. I I might have to check out Alan Wake. Anyways, yeah. we have a lot of episodes that we should probably do, but um, if if you want Nick Palazzo to purchase a Steam Deck, uh, make sure to support us at <laughs> patreon.com slash should I buy, and we'll give you... We'll we'll give you the skinny on <laughs> I don't know what's up with this on with the Steam entire deck. Steam library. <laughs> yeah. No, no, um, I'm not doing that. But we will we're we're always looking to bring you guys new stuff. Um it's it's always a pleasure to get to talk to you with Nick. Thank you for those of you supporting us. Um if you enjoy this and you do want to see more of this content more frequently than our very uh infrequent schedule, then consider hopping over there and uh and checking out what what we got going on but thank you all so much for listening we will talk at you real soon